Welcome, Vibranters. We are live. It is Wednesday night. We got a crew of extremely handsome and athletic, powerful and wise mans tonight. This is going to be a really fun panel. I am blessed with a lot of good luck, and I was kind of not sure what I was going to do for tonight's show. And uh, Patrick got a hold of me, Patrick Daly here below. And I just happened to uh, think, well, it would be really nice to catch up with Pat and all the new stuff he's doing. And he was available, even though he already did another stream today. I caught him on Owen Benjamin's live stream, breaking down the Hawaii fires. We might not rehash that a whole lot, but it is interesting to uh, have somebody rollerblades on the ground ready to report <laughs> in. <laughs> but seriously, the main reason I wanted Patrick on is because he's recently launched a brand new venture with Dr. Tom Cowan. And this is called the New Biology Clinic. I'm very interested to learn more and in particular to expose my audience to this really good resource as we replace the old allopathic model with something good, true and beautiful. But most of all, we're going to have some fun tonight. And to be sure of that, to ensure the fun, we have also brought on board Al Dog. Gravy alert. What's up, buddies? Major gravy alert. Al Dog Alert. What's up, Slick? What's up, Chance? And Pat, nice to meet you, my friend. I was just watching you on Owen Show right before this. I might have to catch the rest of that. You know, I've been to Maui a few times. Beautiful place. Hawaii's a very powerful place, but we got a lot of powerful discussions to, to have tonight. I'm interested in your new venture. I like your athletic approach toward life. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. So, yeah, I was going to say uh, thank you for letting me join. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, dude, the sink was insane. Uh, timing wise, but I'll let you introduce, you know, Mr. Gabe over there. Man needs no introduction. Look at him. <laughs> Legend. Yeah, man. Good convergence. Good timing too. I feel it, you know, health focused, you know, yeah. moving forward from the heart. Absolutely. I think it's perfect timing that we all come together on this. Yep. Uh, almost time for Virgo season. That'll be like, what, a week away. That's a very nice. health oriented detail-oriented type of sign. Already kind of seeing it showing up in the tuning clients, the shift from heart-centered stuff to stomach-related energy centers. But Pat, I honestly, even before you announced your new biology clinic collaboration, I felt like I didn't get enough the time we had you on here. He was breaking down all the different things about posture and how geometry applies to posture, sacred geometry. And I know that you just live and breathe this stuff. So it'll, it'll come out and come through as we go. But first, I guess, why don't we just start there? Why don't we talk about the new biology clinic and introduce that for us? Tell us all about it, man. I, I love to do that. Uh, but I think I need to give you guys a little introduction on, do you guys know anything about the Sybil? Um, I'm just joking. I just watched you guys's, hold on, I have to comment. Oh, yeah, I please did, hold nothing back. Let's start there. I'll always dude, want to talk about I, the Sybils. Let's go. Dude, I was just writing. I was writing notes. I was like, okay, posture, field, <laughs> like a pasture, right? Dude, Go, and you're the field of your body. And also, that's where we get <laughs> the mycelium sibylline connection. Yep. I love it. Dude, and that's why I, I just have to, we'll get into the new biology clinic. I was listening to the episode because I texted Dylan like halfway through. I go, 
dude, I'm not even like a, an hour in this thing. And I'm like, I feel like I've been assaulted, but in like a super chat kind of way where I was like, this is fantastic. My mind just got completely destroyed. And I was like, and Gabe hasn't stopped. I was like, this is amazing. So that's why I reached out to, to Chance. I was like, I want to talk to you guys. Would love to have you guys all on my show too. So much good information uh, that you guys have that coincides so much with what I do. Um, and that's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. The more we go down these rabbit holes, we look into these things, you start to realize how it is all connected. So, uh, you know, to what you're saying about the new biology clinic, uh, you know, Dr. Tom Cowan, uh, launched this new clinic, uh, his son. Hold, hold on on that real quick. Oh, Did you, I want since we are on that subject, I wanted to know if you caught the episode we did about the therapeutic or the therapeutes, the college of Alexandria, that whole thing. I did not. I would love to hear it though. Okay. So just make a mental note of that because as somebody who's bucking the allopathic model and moving into something more holistic and true, you'd be very interested in that episode because it ties together the roots of occultism, religion, mysticism with the modern medical system. And I mean, I can't exactly tell you the, the moment in time where everything went wrong, but let's just say scamming people <laughs> and keeping them sick for perpetual income has been a business model for a long time. And that episode really gets to the, at least if not the origin origin of it, a like a definite bottleneck moment in history that we can point to where like, okay, it was all centered here in, yeah, in this Egyptian thing. So go I'm check that I'm, one out. I'll send you a link to it. If you remind me, I got, I got a li another little nugget that just keeps coming up. I keep hearing it. And I just want to put it on the record every time. So it's on other people's radar when they do their research. Chance, this uh, this number three healer in my Enneagram position, Eryximachus, it's the only doctor in the symposium. He uh, recommends somebody holds their breath because they have the hiccups. And if the holding their breath doesn't work, he tells them he's going to tickle their nose with a feather. And that will cure them of their hiccups. What's that? Yo, what up? <laughs> Um, well, here's the thing, this character, their, um, their muse is Euterpe, who has a flute. Okay. The flute is, uh, it's sometimes it's a double piccolo flute, which is played with the nose, which hails back to what's it called? Chance. The thing that you blow the, the medicine up the nose. Oh, that like tobacco oh. snuff. Jepe. The therapeutes, the therapeutes. <laughs> it's in the word therapeutes is that word of the thing that blows up the nose. Yeah. Can yeah, you say it? I can't say it. Well, it's spelled like they spell it R-A-P-E, but they pronounce it jepe. But it looks like the word rape with a tilde at the E. Like, <laughs> But there's an interesting one because we don't really consider R sounds switching with like a throaty sound but there it is in that particular dialect they call it jepe but they spell it with an r go figure the letter swaps never end it's totally. a huge code well that's why i love what you guys do and it's so fun to just be a sponge to it all because going you know and kind of tying this all together you know the biggest thing is is we always say you know owen says everyone's saying it's like okay so we realized that there's this this uh, assault you know, this nefarious or whatever, people are not getting better. 
But then it's like, so now what, what do I do? And that's what we're trying to do at the new, bio, the new biology clinic is going, okay, well, here, here's what we can do. Here's where we can start. Um, and, you know, and like I said, Dr. Cowan uh, launched it really uh, shout out to Asher. Asher's the man. I just trained him this morning, um, but his son runs everything. He's the one that's the visionary a lot to what's going on. And yeah, Asher and the whole team is amazing. Uh, it's a nice close knit group. And I started training Asher and because he came on my show uh, through one of the, the bears who also works for the clinic. Um, shout out to, uh, so I'm drawing a blank right now. Cause my mind's, I'm thinking of what Gabe was saying. So, uh, but Beverly, his Beverly mind brought, is gravy. Yeah. I do. My mind is already gravy, but Beverly, uh, shout out to Beverly brought us together. All that to be said, uh, as I started talking more to Asher, he brought this to my attention that they were doing the clinic and it just kind of went from there. So, uh, what I'm doing and what, with the clinic is, uh, we're not giving any medications. We're not giving prescriptions. We're not diagnosing anybody because a lot of what that is, is, you know, when you understand you guys better than anybody, that words have meaning, they have a power, they have an energy behind them. And that could very much be manipulated and be, uh, you know, warped into somebody's mind. It could be given like a uh, mind control. So when people hear their diagnoses, a lot of times, uh, you start to realize that they start to embody that and they become that, or they, they uh, present themselves as that diagnosis. And one of the hardest things to do with people is just trying to get them to see that you are not that unless you choose to, and not saying that people don't have their issues and their ailments. But what I can say with confidence is that when you look at diagnoses, a lot of times when you go to allopathic, people will say, well, it might be this, or it might be that. And what they'll do is it's test upon test upon test to try to figure out what it is. And a lot of times there's never a, a firm conclusion. So it's going, most likely it's this. And a lot of times, not always, but then it's going, I will give you this medication. Hopefully that helps. And what happens is, and this isn't me making stuff. These are the people then come to us and we work with and it's going, Hey, none of this is working. It's gotten worse or this has happened or that has happened. So now you're not just dealing with whatever the original undertow of what uh, is causing this dis-ease but now you couple it with everything else that they're inputting in their body. And it's going, I just, I'm not sure if this is going to work. You know, the, the Medici, it's going to work, but it is, it's now, you know, your body's taken that on, it's absorbed it. And then you're told, well, there's nothing you can do truly to heal it. You know, you're not given the, the understanding of the sacred geometry of the body, the, really the power of the breath. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, breathe this way and everything will be better. It's just literally knowing that that is the present moment that is bringing you to spirit. And, uh, yeah, there's more healing that's within you at all times, every single day. And it's always happening. And that's what we do at the clinic is trying to get people to to understand that. Like you said, with interverse, but we're trying to understand for people like, oh, yeah, you are not this unless you choose to be. And I've seen, you know, and I've been doing this for years, but working with the clinic, learning more about what you guys do, incorporating that into what I do. Um, you, I've seen some pretty awesome turnarounds with people. And it like quickly, and it's not like I did anything to them. It's really just getting them to be in the driver's seat of their wealth and health and uh, just overall well-being, man. It's, and it's an awesome thing to be a part of. You got anything that comes to mind right now in terms of like a, a turnaround that you can think of? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I work with people who chronic migraines, pretty much gone. Uh, arthritis, that's something we work with quick, pretty frequently that people 
it's, you know, they have to put in the work. There's a lot that goes into it. It's looking at patterns. It's looking at habits of the day, um, how you hold stress, what you do in these stressful situations of your life. Um, learning how to, for some people, just learning how to just remember to breathe um, and knowing how, again, the design of the body. Once we start giving that to people, we can then start to, quote unquote, not me, them, no longer have a diagnosis known as arthritis or sciatica or MS or uh, epilepsy or, um, and these are things that I've worked with pretty regularly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I, the list goes on. I mean, there's certain things that take a lot more time because it's just much more ingrained and deeper, not just trauma, but responses and uh, adaptations to life for people. So you're not just dealing with the physical, you have to deal with how do you then perceive life, your life. So uh, I'm not saying I'm a psychiatrist or a psychologist in any capacity, but what is the most fascinating thing for me is, is when I work with people and I will see somebody, we'll put them in a, a certain movement position and they'll say, I have like tight shoulders or I have tension in my neck and we'll do certain things super slowly and they'll start crying. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, dude, I just, my mind just took me to a time when I was 10 or 12 or 25 and I had this injury or, Hey, why am I thinking about, you know, I'm just no one specifically here, but this has happened. Why am I thinking about when my dad left and you're just like, and it's, it didn't manipulate them. I didn't force them to do anything. I didn't like lead them in with like, think about your problems. It was just getting them to breathe with the stress, of the physical, because as we, a lot of us know, most of the physical stress and disease we feel is a uh, manifestation of what's happening more often than not in the psychological, the emotional, spiritual state of who we are. And there is a power to that. And that's why I love what you do uh, chance with the uh, sound healing is that there is so much of that that's happening. And then it gets brought to the physical. And now what you're doing is you're dealing with the sound healing where I'm doing is, is I'm trying to mend the world of those who aren't quite to the sound healing and wanting to do that, but trying to get them to say, Hey, you move your body. We can, we can get that arthritis. We can, you will no longer, uh, unless you choose to, uh, defy yourself as arthritic, um, or, uh, whatever else you could think of. So I don't know if that answered any questions. I, I can keep going, but I'll let, leave it open for anyone who wants to add. I mean, so Hearing what he just said, Chance, it almost reminds me of your work and also of Aline, what do you, how do you say it? Aline de McCusick's, her first couple books. It sounds like what he's saying is like chapters out of that almost. You know what I mean? Totally, dude. There is a amazing fractality to our existence. And what Pat's talking about is finding this where the energy is stuck and stagnant in the physical body. You can also find it in the field around the body. And you can also find it in the non-tangible aspect of the mind. It's in all those places. <laughs> and the key, I think it's really like GI Joe says, knowing is half the battle. If you can know where it is and realize why it's there, then you can make a different choice. But when you're just carrying it around and it's like hanging over your shoulder, you don't realize that some of these personality problems or posture issues whatever the case may be, were something that you have way more free will choice over. And it's actually not even that much, like a big of a chore to turn it around. You just got to figure out 
what was my motivation for being that way? <laughs> or what yeah. did I think I was protecting myself from? And sometimes you got to go all the way back to like two years old, three years old and find it from there. You know, I had a um, recent client we had huge breakthroughs, huge breakthroughs, unbelievable. And this person, the main issue we were dealing with was digestive problems for her. But what we ended up finding was that this was a type of frustration or resentment that was highly triggered and mostly revolving around feeling scrutinized, feeling judged. And so we go back early, 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 find this three and a half years old where she gets hit in the head with a rock by another kid. Wow. And her mom and her sister, she had like got a TBI and stuff. And her mom and her sister were telling her it was her fault. <laughs> she shouldn't have looked up at the falling rock. She's a toddler, like a little kid. Yeah. And that along with, you know, there were other points of, we had even went back to the birth story. Like when her mom was pregnant with her and in labor, there was all this like tension around being examined by the doctors. And then, <laughs> so like without getting into the complicated details. And then what was wild about the sessions that went even back to, we found an ancestor that had a related issue. I found this ancestor that started talking to me in the field. Like it all happens in my mind. You know, it feels almost like I'm making it up and I'm explaining to her. I'm like, okay, I'm, there's this guy. He's really stuck because he feels judged and like, he doesn't want to go into the light or the oneness because feeling like he'll be judged for his behavior. Something went on with him where he messed something up big time and a lot of other people suffered consequences for it. And then I think he killed himself. And she's like, I had this relative on that side of the family. Cause I think it was the maternal side. That's exactly the story. He was very self-centered money oriented, made a lot of money, but then had a, something fall through that cost all of his business partners, their fortunes. And he disappeared and we all, everyone assumed he killed himself. I'm like, that's the guy, <laughs> you know? So like, there's so many layers to it. But the point yeah. being, you know, if it's not, the, I think the reason we have these layers and why I told all of those examples is because if we're stuck on one layer, say, you know, these digestive problems, they're not getting better. We're trying fermented foods. We're changing up the diet. We're doing everything we can. We're working with practices to help us release these type of frustrated feelings that aren't digesting properly. Not working. Okay. Well, where is it in the posture? How can we change the posture to allow this sacral energy to have more flow? Or where can we find it in the, for this individual, we really did need to get into it on the energy field level because a big component of it actually had to do with like ancestor issues passing forward and childhood trauma. But the point being, if you can, if you feel stuck on one level, mental, try the physical, if you feel stuck on the physical, try the diet. You know, it's all there. Like we have these, systems and tandem because that is the guarantee that we never have to be stuck on anything you can try it from a different level and if you're living your life approaching things from all of those levels at once it is possible to live in a perpetual state of flow and synchronicity <laughs> it totally is like you know you find you hit a hitch and then you're like okay what level is it at where can we address this try one try the other keep going there's no I'm not, I don't want to say there's no excuse for being stuck, but there's no reason you should ever have to stay stuck in pain, in emotional turmoil, in a feeling of lack in life. None of that. There's always a way. And it well, doesn't have to ever go back to a doctor or, yeah. uh, or the, well, you know, the mainstream, like Dr. Cowan being an exception. We call him doctor, but, you know, he's, he's legit. 
Alex, do you want to say something? Sorry. Yeah. So Pat, so when people come into your clinic, what effect does your literal vibe do you think have on them? Meaning like your energy, how does it affect the people that come into the clinic? Uh, I think, I mean, everyone so far, you know, kind words, um, whether or not people see it right away or feel it right away. Uh, I am always, I leave it as going, make it very clear. I, I will not heal you. I cannot heal you. That is not my role. I can never do that. Only you can do that, but I'm here with you and I will facilitate you every step of the way. I will essentially, all I'm doing is, is allowing people to reconnect with self. That's something that they already have ingrained in them. It's just, it's, we've been so disassociated from it and realizing that potential. And I'm still learning it about myself. So everything that I'm doing is being like, I'm like the kid and being like, like the truth or type. We're like, dude, I just found this really cool, awesome information. And they can see that I genuinely am. I'm passionate about what I do. There's so much love that I feel I know I'm giving off of going like, I want nothing but the best for you. I really, I want you to feel to, cause there's no better feeling. Not that it's like a, something I'm doing when someone goes, I didn't know I could do that again. I cannot believe I just did that again. And for some people it's the most, it appears to be the most mundane thing, mundane things. But when someone can experience that, you see this light in their eyes that, you know, there is, you know, we talk about the go, the, egoic field like you see things start to light up and you feel it and when you've been doing it as long as i have and i still have so much to learn you start to realize that it's going all somebody needs is someone to go you're gonna be okay and really mean it because it's starting with and i and i tell all my clients it's going can, are you breathing are you breathing right now can you breathe for me you're in control everything moving forward is all yours that's why i go by pat life present awareness training. Cause it's going, I can't, I can, you know, I can give you a million things to do, but if you're not breathing, you're not here, you're somewhere else. I need you to be right here. I want you to be right here. I want you to choose to be here. Cause what do we do in most of our life here with people's anxieties and depressions? It's going, I don't want to be right here. The right now, I don't want to be here. I would rather be somewhere else. So it's going, how do I get them to come back to here? And it's going, you know, when it's your point chance about, you know, sometimes you have to deal on the physical, sometimes it's the mental. Well, I've come to realize that talking about alchemy here, that most people aren't in their salt, they're not in the oil, and they're definitely not in this connection with the mercury that, you know, that Jesus like figure. So you're seeing that most people, because if you think about it from again, all come together, the oil would be the being in the mind connecting with source, but so many people are so here in their minds is, is not with the now, obviously, if this is making sense, if you're in the oil, you're in the salt, you're here now with those pieces to create that mercury to some capacity where most people, they're not in the oil. Cause I'll ask them, Hey, where do you feel it? They go, I don't know. Where do you want to feel it? I don't know. What are you thinking about my job? My this and my that. So you realize there's, there's like almost this out of body experience to get away from the pain because most of us, not everybody, but a majority don't know how to deal with the pain of the mental. So they try to disassociate from the physical as well. Who are those? Those are the weekend warriors, the people who go and work out like crazy, ignore the pain signals, ignore whatever their body's trying to communicate. And it's going, let me just beat the hell out of you. So I feel sweating. I, I feel pain that I can disassociate from and not have to actually deal with what's going on. And those are the same people who get injured who come to me and then going, I feel I'm not myself anymore. I, I, cause what happens, they have nowhere to go. They have to face what's here. So what I train them and what the, well, I'm not doing it. Actually, the body's doing it. The body's going, no, you, 
you're here with me now, motherfucker. You got to pay attention. And this is what's really hard for people. So what do we do? We take medications, we do surgeries, we do all this stuff to go get me out of that. And I can tell you firsthand and working with people, man, I get every week I'm getting texts just from clients I trained once, sometimes multiple times, uh, continuously. They're like, dude, you're not going to believe what just came up. Like, and it's just, again, it's not me doing it. They're just, they take that path. They take themselves on that journey. They allow themselves, as we say, they to, you know, to go into Plato's cave or to face the dragon in these stories, in these fables and knowing that we're all in those stories. And that's what I was talking about in our last conversation um, about, you know, we are the main character in these stories if we choose to be. Man, I am doing some research on the fly, guys, and I'm excited. Okay, so you're talking about that posture and that poise, you know, and and being in balance. And like we 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 recoil from one and flee into the other. And, you know, we see this divide that isn't really there. and we and we re-intensify and re, um, almost uh, reinforce that false b- uh, mind-body divide mechanistically. Almost, you know, even our language does it for us to a large degree. But we're here, uh, we're you know, we're we're looking at it in the face. I just learned about a beautiful Greek uh, muse um, called Sophresune. S-O-P-H-R-O-S-U-N-E. And her name is a anagram for suffering, but that's not really, that's just a side note. That's not where it's at. <laughs> um, so she's the, is the Greek virtue of self-control or temperance. Um, it's a virtue that Aristotle says lies in between self-indulgence, akulasia, <laughs> akulasia, <laughs> And um, on the other hand, uh, insensibility, which is anesthesia. So on one hand has self-indulgence, on the other hand has anesthesia. I wonder if that is meaning to imply like aestheticism, aestheticism, like, you know, self-denial, denial of pleasure. Right. So it's almost like we think of anesthesia as an industry. But it, to a large degree, it was it wasn't even medicated <laughs> it, for some people. It was just a denial, of, you know, mind that kind of mind control. Well, that is actually at the root of the therapeutics and the eclectics, or whatever you might want to call these original healer mystic sages. Big part of that philosophy typically was that self denial of. I say self denial, but mostly it's like. Denial of things of the world. Everything of the world is evil. The senses are a trick. It's a trap. Watch out. My point being, I wanted to bring up um, how Eileen, she calls her, she's a total Libra, Libra son, perfect for what she does. But she calls her personal philosophy moderated hedonism. (laughs) So, and it's all about finding, making sure you're always mindful of the threshold where something that is pleasurable starts to cross over into pain and just reel it in when you start to cross that threshold. And that's what she's talking about is exactly what you're describing with this muse where the temperance idea temperance doesn't mean never or none, not at all. You know, there may be some things where that's best for you as an individual, but overall it's not like, I don't think the purpose of life or the solution to health is denial of all things fun or pleasurable 
right? Right. Well, I just want to add on that real quick. The 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 one thing, and I'm assuming she's saying something similar. But what I've at least come to understand from my point of view is is that one, we stress is inevitable. What we call stress is absolutely inevitable. What I also have come to learn and experience firsthand, but with as many people, is this lack of really self-observation of what is truly pain and discomfort. This is something I talk about all the time, is that some gravy boiling between those headphones. Yeah, if Al, if Al wants to dive in, please do, Al. I'm always I got a lot to-, to say, man. I got a lot of thoughts. There is a lot of gravy boiling in this head of mine because I have so many uh, interesting thoughts. The first is with yeah, pain. Yeah. And I think that I think a male approach towards health might be different than a woman's approach towards health, where they're more so like flower creatures, right? We're we're things that can be battle tested, that can go through a lot of shit. Like if we were in a washing machine, like just tumbling around, experiencing all this pain, we come out clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, versus like a, a woman might get damaged in that process. So when it comes to pleasure and pain, I, I you know I think it it's almost kind of fun as as a man to go to the extreme of both if you need to sometimes and the extreme of the other to get the full, full spectrum, the full experience, you know what I'm saying? But I I did have one question for Pat. And um, when you were describing what you were doing, I visualized you planting a seed of self-belief and health within these people. And I think that's probably one of the most important things to plant within them in their own mental, you know, brain is to once that seed is planted, things start looking different. So my question to you is what part of that is getting people in touch with their own instincts? Uh, That's a great question, man. And I think to what you were just saying about the male and female, that does play into your question. Um, Because when you get in touch with your own instincts, again, you have to be completely present. But majority of us, as I said, aren't really finding themselves in the present. So what do we have to do? What am I doing? Is that I can say, say, hey, meditate or breathe. And people go, dude, my mind's going a hundred different spots. So how do I get them in the intention and be with that self-belief? Is again, I, I, I inevitably for most people have to facilitate a physical stress. Why? Because again, people think of it as layers. If the physical is the last, and I'll get to your question, um, but if you're looking at the physicality is almost like the last uh, visual uh, observation of what's happening internally, most people have to work from the physical back into the mental. So it's like you're seeing almost like this happening. So like up at that peak is the physical where most people in our modern day, it's like I have to be here to understand that I can just breathe and find myself in this, this calmness in under my stresses in the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, where other people, you know, I mean, they're like, I didn't even know that was even a thing. So you have to kind of get them there. So what I will do is, is I will put people in a physical stress, like a, a specific type of lunge. And I'll just continually say, we need to focus on what's called the three tensions in order to find your, your potential. I need you to know what my three tensions are. And this is maybe I coined it. I don't know, but, it's what I call the three tensions. It's like, what is the intention of what you're doing right now? Because when you have intention, as my buddy Matt Belair says, nobody knows your intentions but you. So that is where we're at. What is the intention of what we're doing right now? And it's going, when you have an intention, so let's just say I'm putting you into like a lunge. My intention of this move is to keep my weight over that right foot that's in front of me. I, I intend to stay over that foot. That is my intention. Okay, so where's my attention? I'll tell him. We're going to put it into that right foot. So I'm intending to stay over that foot and my attention is on that foot. Great. Now my next question, 
How much tension are you putting into it? Are you actually pushing? Are you trying to create tension with the ground? Usually when people say, oh, I never feel it in my glutes or, oh, I never feel this or it's always in my knee. Once we start moving and understanding the design of the body and we add those three tensions, someone will literally, they'll go, yeah, I don't will. Oh my gosh. Whoa. And then you go, I need you to breathe because I know that I know where they feel it. I've done it so many times now where, oh my gosh. And then it's to the point you said about men and women, women observably tend to laugh, giggle, grab at their throat move their hands a lot, start to, okay, <laughs> when they feel the stress kicking. So I will say, calm down. I need you to breathe. When I work with men, especially younger men, and I see the grunt. And what is the most scariest warrior? Someone who's just looking at you calm. They're not that's going. All right, stress, we're here. So what I'm doing is trying to get men to that and women to... So we're doing the same, we're getting to the same point, but they're showing different observable things. Now, certain men will do certain things. Some women might grunt or do certain things or, but it's, it's become almost like you're seeing it pretty high probability that this is going to happen here. This is going to happen here. And as we go through that and they stay with the stress and they breathe, I'll literally see people panic, all that stress, all of those old responses want to kick in to, but their leg is doing this. It's like a Richter scale. It's just shaking. Why is that happening? Because there's immense amount of stress, immense amount of blood flow that is actually getting from the foot through the hip, through those entire chains. You're creating circulation. And that creates, when you understand the neurological system, I know I'm jumping around here, is mostly the interaction with the water within the body. That The nerves don't work if the water within the body isn't in motion. This is why we'll get, when people are dehydrated or there's a lack of flow to an area, you're going to get, you know, uh, people get, uh, what's it called? Uh, pulsing. I can't think for a sec. Uh, they're getting cramps, like physical cramps. So we need to get flow back. So it's obviously what we're drinking, but it's also, again, we need to move with this intention. So you'll see people, I see it all every day, every week. You're going to see them go crazy with their leg, but they're looking at me going, looking at their leg because they're calm. They're going, "How? what is going on right now? It's like your body, you're not letting this because you have this, it's allowing you to stay present. And it's allowing you to be with the stress, to understand your potential, to understand that. Don't let this get in the way because it's going pain, pain, pain. And it's going, is that pain? Keep breathing. Let me know if this is pain. Keep breathing. Does your knee hurt? No. We have knee problems, right? Yeah. You just went really low. Do you still have knee pain? No. So what is this? I feel my leg working. Okay. Is this pain or discomfort? Oh, it's discomfort. I'm really uncomfortable right now. Hey, I'm starting to feel pain in the knee. Can you stand up a little more? Yep, it's gone again, but I'm still feeling the stress. Can you breathe? Yes, I can breathe. And I'll see this over and over again. So when they come out of it, I get them to just breathe, let the body know, hey, we went through a massive trauma, whatever you want to call it. Can you breathe? Why? Can you stay calm? Because then the body goes, what was that input that just came in? We're used to being here, but, you know, Al's breathing. Al's still breathing. He's not freaking out. He's not, uh, yeah. we can chill. And this is what the body does. This is why I tend to believe that the memories, we talk about, you know, water storing memory, the memories, when you look at the fascia, the neurological highway of the body, yeah, all it is is crystallized water. So when you look at it and understand it from that way, the power is Veda Austin's work, 
you know, Gerald Pollack, all these people, like you can literally rewrite the water within your body by how you feel, act, think, move. And you can't have any of that changes until you create a stimulus of stress that's going to challenge the body. And this is, I know I'm going on a tangent, so I'll stop if anyone wants to add anything. Go, go off. This is amazing. This is why we're here. So, so this isn't, uh, and again, this, I will preface that this is not a, uh, a knock towards anybody who's in uh, any sort of physical manipulation of the body. So just need a preface, but what will start to happen is, is you're saying with a chance about people going down that path of like going to when they were two, going to three past lives, you have to be mentally prepared for something like that. And I get to work with a lot of people who want to do that, but haven't really trained to do that. I get to work with people who've never even thought of that. So this is why it's so, I think it's critical of the physical movement in doing that is because the minute we start moving the body and we get flow, all of that stagnation that might be in a knee or in a hip or in an ankle or in a fingers or a spine, part of the spine, it starts to show itself. And if somebody doesn't know how to handle that, guess what the body's going to do? It's like you opened a door to see a monster. Really, it's just healing. It's going, oh boy, I'm not ready for that door. Boop. So what happens is if someone doesn't know how to handle that, what does the body do? We're going to go tighter because we cannot let you see that door again. You are not ready to see that door again. And this is where we can get into the esoteric and looking into the amygdala in regards to the hypothalamus and dealing with the 33 vertebrae. And that's why you need to be in alignment because like, there's all this stuff we can gravy trains we can go down. But the biggest thing is, is when we start to self to manipulate people and we aren't giving them the guidance, what we're literally doing is, is the body is like this tension in my shoulder. It's here, not because it's tight. It's I'm rolled forward. It's actually an elongated position. So now I'm going to manipulate the shit out of it to try to loosen it up. It's not, doesn't need to get loosened up. Why it's tight is because you're going this way. It's trying to pull you back this way. Your life is pulling you here. It is trying to get you back to what it knows healing to get you back into posture. And if you are Almost fighting you think of how like heal, heal boy, you know, yeah. <laughs> pull back, yeah. dog, pull back. Cause most people are here. Life is living here. This isn't, let me just preface. This is not bad. There's nothing bad. If, if I'm a fighter, I can be here. If I'm protecting my organs, I want to be here. If I'm moving in a way where I need to stay tight, like climbing a tree, I'm going to stay here. But it's the question I always tell people is, can you move in the variety of what the body has available? And if you can't, and you're stuck here, that's where it's going not this is no, no. It's just, can we move and find ourselves to allow this to loosen up? So as I said, with fascia and memory, once we start digging into people's spots that are tight, usually what starts to happen is people go, it feels really good for a little bit of time and then it gets worse or it feels really tight again. And the issue is that I, I have is it's going, are we helping? Or are we actually, again, releasing some of these memories, whether they know what the memory is or not, it's just they're, they're creating movement again from a stagnation. And if we can't prepare the body for that change, we have this window of time to allow us to start making changes at the much deeper level. And that's why the breath is important in creating tension, breathing through it, you know, whatever else we might do. So this is why I'm always I, I personally I don't like tell people to go get massive massages Again, not knocking it. It's, it has a place, but we're using this as like, release this, but it's going, okay, I did it. You weren't ready for that. You were ready for me to relax you, but it's going, 
But then what? Now you have all of this flow happening. It's like, think about all these memories. I'm just, as an example, think like vivid memories of your entire life. And you're like, oh, geez, I can't do that. This is why when people come to me, they go, I've been getting massages for 15 years and it, I don't feel like it's getting any better. It's like, you kind of just answered your own question, man. <laughs> like, because, and again, if you do it, great. But I would say, I recommend giving people the ability to know we're releasing tension. Are you ready to release tension? Because I need you to relax and allow yourself to breathe into that change. But when you create relaxation, and I'm jumping around here, it's a, it's a flow of energy. When one is relaxed, another part is in tension. So when I do a bicep curl, for example, and I'm going through, I have, when this is lengthened, it's still stress. It's, there's still motion here. There's tension here. But you start to create a little bit of tension in that back. Or if I'm doing like, if I'm pulling up, there's tension in the shoulder as I pull down. Now it's in the back. There's this yin and the yang, the oscillation of flow of life, which is where the figure eight comes in when it comes to movement. So when people are relaxing tension, let's just say in their, you know, in the chest, I'll say, we need to start creating tension in your back because now it's going, all right, I'm released. Where's this tension going? Well, it's got to go somewhere. And we're just going to redirect that tension into different parts of the body working with what the, you know, what you're able to do, what you're not able to do, where your thresholds are and things like that. Does that make sense? I know I totally ranted, but. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, I love that, uh, that sense, uh, you know, they say we have the five senses, but my favorite exception to that list is that, you know, the kinesthetic awareness of self, you know, the, the sending your, your mind literally to different places, uh, you know, to generate, uh, focus you know and it, uh, re recently i've uh come to believe that uh, that is what athena is athena is attention she has silver eyes she's paying attention uh so yeah i just thought that was a kind of a fun one to bring into the into the weeds. another fun word thing that came to mind was how relax is kind of like Ray Lux. Because that flow that the actual true relaxation allows in the body, you know, that energy that is moving through the body is light. Energy and light are the same at the basic level. So, you know, you need it's all about light when you get down to the very basics. And I, I never really put that together before. Lax and looks. Lux. I love it. So, so Pat, it sounds like a lot of people that come into your clinic are relatively unhealthy, but I have a, a general question for all three of you guys, because we're all pretty healthy in this, this chat here. What do you guys do to stay healthy as fuck? I'm a walking fool. <laughs> I, I would, yeah. I have a lot. That's of a good work. approach. I have a I similar approach. I have a lot of work like, to do on myself. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I feel I feel good. Like I don't have anything that inhibits me in my daily life. You know, yeah. uh, there could be some internal cleansing and organ repair, though, from earlier times in life that I'm still due for, you know, got to take it into the shop, so to speak. <laughs> but what do I do to stay healthy? I lift heavy weights. I make sure that I sweat a lot every day intentionally and Pat, you were talking about, you know, this movement thing. One theory I've had about what is one of the beneficial elements of Qigong 
at least the system of Qigong that I practice is that, you know, I once tried, I tried to reckon it and <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, the Qigong system I do when I do it really well, I think that I move every joint and every possible movement in my body. I think I move all of it, both directions. And, and it, what would constitute a full Qigong section of the 12 rivers system that I'm into. So I think that's also a big part of it for me that allows me to live without pain, without stiffness. You know, I don't even need to do much stretching in my routine. I really don't. Stretching isn't that necessary. I don't feel tight. I don't feel stuck. I stay loose and I do those things, lift heavy weights, do Qigong, try to have good posture, <laughs> you know, remember to breathe and uh, avoid eating poison. You <laughs> don't get sunlight, ground my feet to the earth. It's a, it's a big electricity game too. You know, staying, keep one way to just gauge your life is how, what, how would my body's electrical health be if I was to consider it from that metric. So that's where the grounding and the sunlight and the pure water, spring water, that all comes into play. There's so many elements, you know, there's, that, there's also the metric of how many days since you sunned your balls. <laughs> I've been, not, I haven't been getting to that lately. <laughs> my fence has gotten to, uh, to <laughs> my fence isn't as good of a view blocker as it used to be. There's some holes in the fence, yeah. some missing panels. And I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want the cops called on me. So we'll like, what are you, it. what are you doing chance? I'm exploring my 12 rivers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but dude, the, uh, the big thing about stretching and to answer your question now, uh, what I like to do to stay, you know, healthy. And this is again, what I'm saying for me is what I say to everybody else is try to allow yourself to be in the mindset of a kid and just allow yourself to be free like a kid. Because if you look at, all this sacred geometry that I'm talking about, it's found within all of us. It's, you know, it's why you see kids that, you know, that aren't, you know, damaged due to whatever it may be. Uh, they can sit into, they can be on their stomach and lift their heads and be, you know, what I call back chain. It's why they can crawl and have all this motion. They can be from seated to squat to standing. It's why they can sit in a squat and curiously look at something for hours, which most of us can't. So I try to move in that way. So everything I do every day and I have all my clients do is we start to learn how to crawl. And if I and can't, Pat, get to can I say one other thing? Yes. Yeah, I want to know if this applies to what the other, like maybe the simplest answer to Al dog's question. I don't do, I pretty much don't do anything in my life that I don't actually want to do. Like I've, I've structured my life so that there's no part of it on any kind of consistent basis where it's like, man, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to, it doesn't mean I don't do hard stuff or challenging stuff intentionally or uncomfortable or, you know, stressors, so to speak, but it's all 100% full body. Hell yes. Everything that I do. I think that's a huge component of health. Totally. And I, and to my point earlier is, as I said, I want to move and be free. And like I said, as a kid and do all, whatever that may entail, like I might take my son hiking on one of these mountains and I just go, all right, I'm going to put my back today. I'm going to go hike. It's not because like I'm going to be dumb and you know silly and not think about it. And it's going, no, I need to be fully present when I do this. And I want to be fully present. And I want to stop when it's, you know, whatever. Or it's like, hey, my son's playing. He wants me to run around. Okay, we're going to crawl. And I'm going to play and do it that way. Why? Because I'm present. And this is where the three tensions come in. So when I do movement or whatever it is, and I always ask my, I personally ask myself, what is it? Was I with my intention? Did I stay attentive to what it is that I wanted? 
what I was trying to do. And if the answer is yes, and I'm creating tension, well, now I'm always healthy. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying things don't come up, but it, what it is, is it's going, I move with purpose. Life was had purpose. There's a purpose to what I was doing. So when people, for example, like work out and they're like, yeah, like my shoulder's like really hurting or I'm do-, it's like going, is that what you intended to do? Well, no, I didn't intend to do that. So how do we get you to move with the intention? So everything matches. So everything is purposeful. It's specific. It's, it's so it has all of your awareness. So, and this is where like the word magic and, you know, the gravy that you guys do all the time, it does, all these words are so important to it. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, so I like to just keep people, myself moving. Um, and now do I have six pack abs or this and that? No, but it's like, but I can sit for the first time in a deep squat without my knee popping. Uh, the injury that I had my knee for God knows how many years, uh, I have shoulder, my own shoulder pain from sports and football dislocating my shoulder. That doesn't bother me anymore. Why? Because I've allowed that energy, that tension to go. No, there's times where I might feel a little tension in my knee, but I know what the communication is and I can move with it. And it's not that, I, oh, I'm not moving that today. It's going, no, I'm going to go deeper into it. I'm going to be with it. And I'm not forcing it to do anything. I'm going, I'm going to be with you. More often than not, it's telling me you need to push through that left foot a little more. Be more on your, be with the toes, be grounded, really be grounded. So it's that communication I get. And every time I do it, I get a massive endorphin rush. So I go, man, this feels so good. And then life, and then I get to move and I can, again, sit in a deep squat and I'm not forcing anything. I'm not trying to mimic, you know, manipulate my body to get there and be like, all right, I'm in it. I did it. It's going, I'm relaxing into it. So this is where I teach all my clients, young and I get my 80 something year olds trying to get to that place. Some of them take a little longer, but the more they do it, they go, I'm able to sit in the chair for the first time without hurting my knees. I'm able to, to work at my counter without having to lean up against it. So it's progression, right? And that's what's fun to watch. And that's to be a part of. People go, dude, I slept for the first night in 20 years without pain in my neck and shoulder. You did it. I didn't do it. You had that experience. And that's where people start to get really excited as they go, yeah, you didn't do it. I did. It's like, I know. They're like, fuck you. I'm like, well, okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> bring, bring, bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you, first of all, I got to comment on this from the chat because uh, Jenny said, wouldn't it be great if our furniture and homes were more climbable like it was when we were little? She and I talk about that all the time. How fun it would be if you had to like climb up high to get in the chair and make it a bit of, you know, make there be a bit of a chore to get in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> have a little exertion for your comfort and um rose erect romance week i think that's her his or her youtube handle of the day always got a funny one says that's a climate change concept worth incorporating <laughs> okay. nice. well played well played <laughs> i want to ask you though pat so okay one thing that's been really awesome for me this year a huge shift is Dylan got me onto this workout program that is way more effective than what I was doing in my own deciding for myself weightlifting. <clears throat> so for the first time in my life, not only did I get my bench press of like up to body weight, my one rep max on incline bench is as of what I did today, like 270, which is crazy crazy way higher than ever even when i was in my prime you know naturally strong from being a 
18 year old. So how this came about, I've talked about this before, but how this came about, the change for me was from going from the model of uh, strength training needing to be like a daily grind, you know, no pain, no gain type of experience to a way more efficient and actually way less time and work type of experience. So like part of that is reverse pyramid training. If you're aware of what that's about, like, you know, less reps, but more weight and build up things like that. And um, I think that that's a huge mental shift too, a, like a mental burden to take off of people when they look at the the gym and they think I got to go every day and I got to like lift weights for an hour or two every day, or I'm not going to make any progress, but I'm making huge gains, huge progress with about an hour actually spent on weightlifting three days of the week. So three hours ish weightlifting in a week and consistently making progress, pushing past previous limits, continuing to push past them. So, you know, how does that, how, how does uh, your mentality towards wellness apply to what I'm talking about, where it's not really about punishing yourself to feel like you're doing enough, but just about showing yourself that you can do more than you did last time, that type of idea. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of that comes with to what you're saying, just about, you know, some guidance, giving you something to aim for. That's most people like that. Um, but the biggest thing is, is most people I work with aren't going to gyms, right? We're doing it virtually um, here. And what I mostly train with people is going, all right, I want you to imagine you have nothing. You don't have a single piece of equipment. You don't have a mat. You don't have a single thing. How can you move? Because you can't do any of that other stuff without your own body. And people tend to forget that whatever your weight is right now, you're moving that every single day. So if everyone says body weight, you're moving weight. So I try to get people to know, start with the weight. Reason being is people are like, oh, I'm going to bench. Well, I say, okay, well, how's that bench moving? I kind of like try to guide them. How's that bench move? How's that bar moving? Let me start there. Well, I'm moving it. Okay. But more specifically, how is it moving? Well, I have my hands on the bar. Okay. So your hands. Let me ask you a question. Where is that weight in your hand? I don't know. So you're telling me you have an immense amount of weight on that bar and you have no idea where you're putting the tension in your hands. Okay, well, so you're telling me that you're you're supporting and dependent on that weight moving and you have no idea where your tension is. Well, actually, now it's on my wrist. So you're telling me that those hands that are given to you, God's gift to you, you don't feel any of it there? No. This is why most people have shoulder injuries. This is why most people have arthritis. This is why most people have neurological issues, tension built up because there's that lack of flow. They aren't using their fingers. They aren't using your feet. What's the one thing that's hitting every single day is your foot. What's the one thing that kids do? They crawl. These are hands, animals, hands, feet. There's connection. Can't say how many people don't even have that. So I'm saying I'm not putting any weight in your hand until you can start to tell me that you can move this finger, this finger, this finger, this finger, and even myself. I have a problem with this one from injuries from sports. So what do I do every single day? I create an immense amount of stress. Like I'll put like whatever, something in my hand and I'll hold it and I'll hold it as hard as I can and create an immense amount of tension in that one finger. And you can see I'm actively trying to get that finger up, but you can see it won't go without my forearm is on fire. And what happens is when I get people doing that, they're going, holy shit. You see it more with people's toes. I go, can you wiggle your toes? They go, oh man, I can't. I can't wiggle my toes. Hey, can you just lift your big foot up, your big toe? No. 
So you're telling me that you're now loading weight on your back and you can't even make an awareness and a connection to your toes. That is you. That is a part of you. What is the disconnect? You and know, it's going, yeah. Uh, blowing it, my mind right now, dude. Yeah. You know, this comes up in Barbie. I mean, I hate to throw a curveball in it, but it is like just happened in, like this month. Barbie has this some kind of I don't I don't know. I have not watched it yet. I actually kind of want to. <laughs> um, uh, but there's a moment where she kind of discovers reality. She kind of comes into a, a, a whatever, another layer of reality in her her little uh, princess toes for the first time. They relax and she touches the ground when she comes off her bed. And it's uh, and it's a revelation for her. And I just love that they're broadcasting that that even the most subtle change in our life, bringing a little bit of awareness uh, alters your perception on such profound ways. And Barbie is a thorn, by the way. It's uh, kind of going back to that Gnostic thorn, mm -hmm. crown of Espina, crown of Espina. Mm. Dude, that's a, I love, I love the grave you guys bring with that because I mean, everything, I haven't seen it. So everything you're saying, um, you know, it just, it's hundred percent true in regards to just that ability for most of us to recognize the ground beneath us. I said this in the last conversation we had, um, when you look at the, you know, the astrology and the story of the seasons, literally on the bottom of your foot, you know, we talked about relax, Ray Lux. If you look at the big toe, the bone in your big toe, it's called the hallux bone, which just means the breath of light. So the big toe on your, the, is that toe that, you know, on your foot, that bone is called the hallux bone. And then when you look at your phalanges, your phalanx, you're looking at an army, you know, the phalanx bones, right? The phalanges rather. And then you start to go through what's called the ball of your foot. As we all know, ball, bow, you know, Jesus, the sun, you're springing forward on your feet, on the ball of your foot, you spring forward. As you spring forward, you're moving through the arch of your soul, which is the sun going through the spring into the summer, the high point of the summer is you start to fall back on your heels, hell. So you literally see with every step you take, you're moving through the seasons that they're literally showing you what the words they use to describe it. So it's saying, now, if we talk about when we understand the fall, you guys know, your listeners know when you're dealing with the fall in the winter, man, those are death, man. Most people I work with, guess where they're putting all their attention when they stand on their heels. And then they don't know why their ankle hurts or their bone spur occurred or their Achilles ruptured or their knees are bad or their hips are shot or their lower back is in constant pain. It's going, we've lost connect to these and we lost connect to those feet. We've lost that springing forward. So what I do and I constantly am trying to work on is teaching people how to shift your weight forward. Get out of hell. Let's bring you into the spring. Literally, literally in learning how to be with it and breathe life into it. You know what I mean? And then think about what happens every time you do step, even though I'm not saying tell people to walk on their toes, but every time you step, there's a little bit of that connection with hell is you then send it back and you spring through life. So you can see we're going through, you kind of have to be in hell for a sec to then come through. It brings new life with every step. When you connect, you're creating flow. You're creating the natural spirals in the body, the sacred geometry, when you use that part of your foot. Now, most people are collapsed in their arches and they say, oh, I just have collapsed arches. Well, you don't just have it. Like, it's not just hereditary. It's, it's a, it's conditioning. You see people who walk like this, they watch their parents walk. They start to build that. So, you know, it's one of those things that is, uh, is inherent in all of us is to be able to use the arch of our foot and actually 
drive through it. But when you collapse that arch, you actually don't even use the hallux bone. You're falling on the inside of that big toe. So if I'm walking this toe, this is why most people's toes are like this, where you see like that pushing in and then they get what's called a bunion or they get um, sort of gout or something where they're going to go, oh man, I got all these issues on my feet and I don't, it's, it's just, something's wrong with me. It's like, no, you're, you're putting pressure on that joint and it's, it's healing. It's trying to create more pressure there, build up that inflammation to get you to stop doing that. So you can actually use your foot. And I have one of my clients who I work with for six years and we've gotten over his gout and everything, just purely working through that. And it's uh yeah. And it shows you it's it, the answers within you, man. So I can keep going, but I, I don't know if there's any questions. Pat, were you a safety in football? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I, just, I'm really exceptionally good at like guessing people's positions. And when all right, you, what was uh, I? What was I? Um, I already know Slicks. He was a defensive tackle. He's mentioned it in a prior show. <laughs> Chance, you were a backup running back. No, dude. No. Sorry. Cornerback. Oh. Corner. oh, that's okay. Oh, okay, okay. Tight end and D end. Oh, oh wow. really? You know what? You always forget. You're fucking six two, right? Yeah. Right. You'd have been oh, my wingman, bro. <laughs> oh, wait, how tall are you, Slick? Six four. Six five in the morning. Holy Christ. shit! What about He's you, Pat? Tall. Yeah, that's a fucking tall squad, dude. This is a Chad dude, crew. I know, dude. I, I'm, I, dude. I have a, height, a little height. I'm, oh Jesus, must be nice. I'm I just a little under six foot. I'm like five eleven something. Good. Same here, dude. Oh, I'm five ten and a half. That's super, super fucking you. honest. Yeah. Like it's sweet. <laughs> but yo, Chance, when you said two seventy, I was like, yo, on the incline, that's 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 the real deal, bro. That's pretty serious for an incline one rep max is two. What would you say it was again? Two seventy. That's substantial. Yeah, that's with I'm um, being to be honest. That's with doing yeah. a one rep max calculation. Okay. You know I, I didn't because oh, okay, I, okay. I don't have a spotter. I'm not doing yep. the one rep with that much. But theoretically, that's what I could do one rep on based yep. on today. I did two thirty five five times. Okay. What what was Al Dogs court? Uh, I mean, uh, I was a fucking quarterback. I was a quarterback and a linebacker, so I was playing. I was playing a lot, but um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, Pat, I have a question that I really want to make sure we get, you know, explained on because we did talk about the new biology clinic, uh, but I wanted you to also break down what the model is. Like, what are people getting when they join? Like, what's the what's the trade? You know, like what's the offerings? For sure. Break all that down for us. Yeah, no, I'm, thanks for bringing that up. I was going to bring it up at some point. So with the new biology clinic, what we do is, uh, like I said, you have, we have basically a general practitioner. His name's Adam and we're expanding. So there will be somebody else, uh, in the near future. They're looking and hiring at the moment and, uh, doing all that. But essentially if for those who want to, you know, you sign up, it's like a, for an individual, I believe it's like 130, 140 a month. A family, it's like 170. Um, you get unlimited visits, you know, to see, or talk to uh, Adam. You're also getting, uh, I'm doing three group workouts each month. I do, we do webinars. We do group webinars uh, between Tom, Adam, and I each month. Um, you know, we're constantly, and obviously if you want to do private training with me one-on-one, that's a separate cost, but we're also expanding even more now where we're going to be bringing in courses. They brought courses in. So basically all the gravy that uh, Tom brings, you know, there's courses. So if you're somebody who's a nurse or, uh, you know, another general practitioner, uh, a specialized doctor or whatever, you can take this to 
their own clinics, whether they're completely, you know, anthroposophical, which is what Tom kind of refers it as, uh, or if you're holistic, allopathic, doesn't matter. It's just taking the information. So we provide those courses. If you're just an everyday person who wants to learn more, you can also take the course as well. Uh, but we're also going to be bringing in uh, over time, you know, certain specialized webinars and uh, courses for those who, uh, you know, if someone we have someone possibly coming in who does uh, fertility and someone who works very closely and has been doing it for many, many years uh, and making sure you have the best you know, pregnancy that you can. So we're providing those courses as well on top of everything else. Um, I believe those are separate costs, but you have it and it's yours. And the goal for all of us is to, you should only see us every once in a while, just to kind of like, just to catch up, make sure you're good. Obviously we provide webinars if you want to jump in, learn, but the goal is to know that, Hey, you have all the tools available. You can listen, you can connect with us, but we're, we're going to just keep expanding and growing and growing because we want to bring in stuff like sound healing. And we want to bring in these different types of uh, understandings of the body and the world around us in knowing how it, it, uh, it uh, what's the word I'm looking for, how it relates to us and our well-being. So I hope that answered the question, but there's there's more more of these courses, like I said, coming along uh, for those who want to look into it. You have to be a member, obviously, to to join them or sign up for them. But uh, you're definitely not going to want to miss out if this is something that's interesting to you and, you know, saving you in the in the long run tons of money because, you know, everything I'm telling you now is I'm giving to the clients. And obviously we go deeper because we just have time and they're recorded. But, yeah, so I think that answered the question. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, Dylan's got a good question in there. He's asking about nail health. And if you guys uh, deal with, you know, analyzing your health through your nails. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily do the whole nail health, but we do have, you know, Tom looks into it. And we also one thing that we constantly are talking about is if we don't know something in depth, we find somebody who has done some massive deep dives in research and has you know, applicable uh, outcomes and modalities that they see that work. And then Tom will vet them and see. So if there's something like nail health, like I have understandings of it. I've talked to people who, you know, have done it, but I won't ever be like, oh, if your nails is this, then if I don't know, I don't know. So we will, yeah, I could talk to Tom if that's something specific, Dylan, that you wanted to, to dive into more. But yeah, we always are bringing, all right, who do we know? Is there anyone that can reach out? And Tom's always putting out the kind of like a, like a smoke signal of like, Hey, anyone know anything about this? And it's pretty awesome, man. People are so excited to just share the info, share the knowledge. And it's not about like, Oh, you're right. You're wrong. It's just more of like, how are we going to get from point A to point B of health? So, but we will dive into more of uh, nail stuff. Cause now you have me interested in diving deeper. That's the beauty of it. I'll, anyone want to say anything? Oh, I'm just la- uh, laughing at, PK in the chat. He says Sirius is 8.6 light years away and chance can max 270. <laughs> How dare you? I did that. I really did. So sort of, you know, mathematically. <laughs> uh, okay. So another one that was on the list that, you know, to circle back around to, Oh, Kyle says, does the clinic need an herbalist? That's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, well, like I said, when that comes, Kyle, I'll we'll I'll text you. Yeah, we'll talk because I I'm not the one in charge of all of it. I'm just yeah, I, I I'm in the meetings and everything, but I'm not the one making the phone decisions. I just throw my two cents in when I can. 
Um, but when we do get to that point, which we will, we'll, we'll definitely chat because nobody's yeah. going to be, no one's going to line up with Kyle and be the one anyone would prefer. He's the man. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, dude, I was going to say, man, I like have to like get my notepad every time I open up Instagram and I see the gravy he's throwing down or even when I try to check out your guys's uh, vibrance, I'm always like, fucking hey, man. All right. Lions, man, let's go. No. <laughs> But I wanted you to circle back to the esoteric gravy. You started to talk about the amygdala and the 33 vertebrae. I don't fully remember the context and what that was about, but. Yeah, you know, that I, I that kind of that resonates with some notes I took early. Maybe this will bring it bring bring it back around. I'm right. I'm like looking at the word muscles, you know, obviously I see the word muse right away. And, you know, somebody who's really fit, they, how do they describe their body? You know, they're cut like a muse, you know, and then there's but it's also, you know, it's like they've uh, they have a mass of skills. You know, it's apparent or you can see that this person has amalgamated or uh, accumulated, you know, uh, some some sort of skill set in people like Pat can almost read them from a distance and see like what kind of movements that their body is used to. So, yeah, I just kind of think that's kind of neat that even the word muscles, you know, obvious, and there's a, uh, but here's another thing I want to say, and this is weird. This is fun. Okay. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Uh, my mind was focusing on these, these old, old, old laws that if you eat certain fish from a certain location, that's harvested a certain time of year, the end, uh, the, the food born illness, very interesting choice of words, is will flip your sense of hot and cold in reverse if you eat the wrong shellfish at the wrong time of year. And so now I'm looking at how the, the idea of being selfish and the idea of shellfish is not just fun rhyming. This is an, an association to something that is mandated by the realm that you don't do it. And so there's this correspondence, an interesting correspondence. And now let's think about muscles. Let's think about vanity. Let's think about shellfish and being selfish and being self-absorbed and what muscles might mean for. He says, if you pronounce the M-U-S-C like Latin, it's the root of Moses, Moshe. So it's like, right. So to be, have lots of muscles is almost to be like, look at me. I'm the muse of the Moshe. I'm the chosen one. In a weird way, there's a lot of vanity baked into the word muscle. Well, look at all the depictions of the gods in the old statues. You know, a lot of it, there's a, definitely a phase, at least, where they were pretty ripped. <laughs> and uh, look at celebrity culture, the new gods, if you will, the new pantheon. OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to pull out the re- the weirdest anagram out of muscles. I mean, there's like muse class there's a lot of crazy stuff but the weirdest one is cells come there is and, that. and that sounds weird everybody's gonna yeah. be like whoa but in the days of the gladiators the aristocrats would come down to the gladiator cages and pick the best ones and this is animal husbandry you know these things are still in our language it's just important right. that we know why Oh, totally. Well, I went on the, uh, there's a couple of gravy trains that I could do with the language and esoteric. Like, and I brought this to Dylan a long, a while ago, but when you look at your sake, Ram, 
your sake ram. It's the sack ram. So you look at when you start at the top, the ram, the, the ram at the, the head, and it works its way through the spine and then back up, you know, throwing, you know, throwing the eye down the well type thing and uh, Odin and things like that. What you're seeing is when you have an aligned spine that is moving the way it's intended, you're moving through that full circle. It's, it's allowing that flow to continually go on. And the one word that stood out to me for a long time was inspiration. When you look at someone who's inspired, they're inspire in the state of the spire, the spiral. And if you look at the sacrum and you flip it upside down, press upside down, you, what do you have? You have a spire. Essentially, you have this point, this charge. Um, and that's really interesting is, is when you see people who are inspired and they're inspirational, what do they do? It's the way they carry themselves. It's the way they speak. But what is the way you carry yourself? It's the way you hold yourself, your posture. So a lot of times people who are inspirational, they're not like this, just like, yeah, I want you guys to be well. It's no, I, I have life. I'm, I'm here to let myself be known and my presence is known to those. And this is why when you see people who are inspiring, they, you go, I want their energy. I want to be around that energy. Well, what is that energy? It's open. It's allowing flow to occur. And that's why people get, you know, it's, you know, we manufacture people who are inspirational uh, in mainstream, but there are people who go, I, I genuinely want to be around their energy. And when you're around somebody who is inspiring and you meet them and you're going, that matched what I thought about them. That's why people are going, I, I fucking love that. But when you're around someone, you're like, oh, I'm so inspired by them. And then you meet them in real life. You go, oh, you're not what I thought you were. And it's because there's that lack of that charge, that that posture. It's going, oh, that was just the front. So that's the word inspired is super something that I always look at and just knowing how you hold your, you know, your church, basically your, your being, dude, you're, this is where you're getting the information, the charge from around you and it moves through you. And then you also project it out. You push it out. You know, another one that was super big was the, the interior fontanelle, literally the front, the fountain of God, literally right here in the, where the, the birth are the, uh, the soft spot. Botticelli's birth of Venus from Musil. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. And it's, it's such a fascinating thing is, is the answers and the riddles are all over the body. If you just start to do this and look and be with it and explore and allow yourself to be present, the more of this grave I went into is going, okay, I need to look at this with a clean slate. What is this thing? What are these things called? What is this called? my eye. Okay. That's interesting. Like what's the eye? What's, what's it called? The, the cerebellum in my head with the cerebrum, like what are these words mean? And then you guys definitely got me out of that. So once that whole thing came, I was like gravy train, you know, and as I said, the interior fentanyl, when you see people have this posture where it's down here, they're showing more of that posterior fontanelle, which is connected to the cerebellum, which is connected to Taurus, which is connected to so many other aspects. And this is what is connected to Oh, and a bull puts his head down like that when it comes at you. Exactly. Exactly. So when you look at people who are standing upright, they have this posture, this energy, whatever, whatever it may be that's causing people who stand up to be inspired to have, you know, go-getters, confidence, whatever that may be. And it's a genuine, not just pretending. Um, you start to see health and wellness does show itself for a lot of these people. I'm not saying that hardships don't come. I'm not saying that things don't happen. But you see people's mindsets going, we're going to get through this or it's going to be OK or I will find my way. This is hard. It hurts. I'm sad, but we'll always find a way. Like you start to realize that starts to show itself. Posture is like a habit and 
really it's I don't think it's even that tough to shift the posture habit. Honestly, I think it's something yeah. that can become as automatic as the bad posture was in a way. It's just yeah. about noticing when you're like off and correcting and just having that alert system. But I wanted to point out the something interesting in the biofield or the aura is Eileen calls it the earth star chakra and the sun star chakra. But you could think of it like the South pole and the North pole of your energy field. And these points, it's the opening the node, if you will, that is connecting you to the ground. And then the one above connecting you to the cosmos. So very important aspects of your energy field. And when I do tunings for people, I look for those. It's actually the first thing I do is I look for where their their posture is, if you will. Is your energetic middle aligned with your physical middle? And for most people, one or both of those is actually shifted and off. And that tells you a story like uh, maybe I find a the bottom one, the earth one shifted to the left and behind the person. Usually when I find it in that type of a position, like it's under the left foot and it's behind the foot a bit instead of right aligned with the spine and about 10 inches below the feet. Uh, it, that usually feels like there's something from the past holding me back that I'm dragging along with me and it's slowing me down. Or for example, if it's like shifted to the right and like to the front, the above one, I mean, like the, the sun star one shifted to the right and the front. A lot of times the feeling I immediately get from that is I am so anxious about where I'm at right now that I can't see my future. I can't imagine myself into a future. I don't know where I'm going. It's like a fog. So that's a, it's interesting how, again, like the body, mind, spirit, <laughs> all these levels, like posture actually applies to more than just how you're physically holding your body. There's an energy posture too. The uh, interesting thing about shifting those and, and centering those in tuning is that I think the longest I've ever gone, like before a client came back and I saw them a second time, it's maybe like six or eight months. But every time I've checked in with somebody after we adjusted those points and I explained to them how they got off and wh and what it was, <laughs> they're they're actually they stay they stay aligned. I, I don't know how long it takes for them to sort of drift away from center, but that's something that like is worth getting attuning just to get your your uh, north and south pole lined up with your spine properly. Like if that was all we did, there would be a lot of help just from that because when your energy is circulating out and back in and around. You want it to actually hit in the middle and not get all off center. So I find that interesting. I wanted to bring that to the conversation. Energetic posture. Oh, well, yeah, I love it. Al, what, do you, what, what are you feeling? I, I see. Uh, oh, I just want to share a theory with you guys. Um, and I'm feeling what you're saying about posture because it kind of reminds me of the word poser, right? Remember posers, if somebody's a poser, they're kind of like trying to pretend to be something they're not. But meanwhile, with your posture, it's something that you can't hide because everybody can see it. So it's like, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about that. But one thing I want to share with you guys is um, a health theory that I have in that it's not original. Other people have this theory as well, but it's about being okay, exposing yourself to small amounts of poison. Like I used to spiral sort of in terms of nutrition, like, oh, I only want to eat this, that. 
And now, especially with some of the workout that I do that I'm just regularly exposed to small amounts of poison, but I've trained myself to believe that when doing that, I'm actually building this killer immune system. That's amazing. And like, so whenever I expose myself to poisons, it's like, yeah, awesome. Bring it on because I'm building this uh, immune system that's growing stronger and stronger. So what do you guys think about that theory? Uh, That's the definition of tolerance. Uh, build is uh, the ability to withstand uh, your whatever threshold of of toxin, and, and it's also like the uh, the tolerance of um, uneven weights and measures uh, leads right into mammon. I just thought I would say, and that uh, the scales, <laughs> you know, tipping the scales. Which again, here we are with machines that lift and deal with weights. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, I definitely think there's certain, like you said, aspects of uh, poison and things that you just, you want to be mindful of. <laughs> I think we can all agree on some of those, the jabadoos and uh, things like that. But I will say that we, in a lot of the truth community, I've noticed myself included, and I had to get myself out of this. It's going, we're resilient, except for this, 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 and this. And now it's going the amount of people I work with is going, tell me what I need to take so I can get rid of this toxin. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I have. Owen to do. calls it purity spiral. Purity spiral. Exactly. And purity so, spiraling. So wow, like a great huge term. Exactly. Oh yeah. And one of the things. The truth community is big on purity spirals. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Oh dude. It's and it's wild. Cause I even noticed I was doing it myself in certain aspects. Like, Oh, I need to drink certain water and do this. And, you know, a lot of it has truth, but it's going, if I didn't have it, it's like, did I feel I wasn't healthy or I wasn't living to a potential? Or I wasn't taking care of myself. And it was going, oh my gosh, this, you know, these EMFs around us and it's, it's impossible. And it's, yeah, you could, I do orgone. I got all that too, but it's also going, what resilience am I building for my body? Do I believe it to what you're saying? Al? And that's where a lot of people I see who will come to the clinic, even being like, I, I told you, told me that grounding is supposed to be good. Or we talked about grounded being good, but, um, there's like a certain like bugs in like my, my grass and they're like, some of them are really big and you know, should I use a mat? Am I going to get enough energy? And I go, let me ask you a question. What's, is this causing you stress? Is this causing you anxiety? And they're like, well, I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. And this is going, we're not, let's pull back. Let's pull back because you're already, this idea of something being healthy for us is actually causing the opposite effect. It's causing you more stress. And if you can't bring yourself back down, we're actually doing you a disservice here. And I'll see people who, you know, is uh, uh, Tommy John says it's like a happy donut is better than or a, a happy donut is better than a sad salad. It's going people who are miserable dieting. I know they're not happy. Like people I work with, they, they're like, this sucks. And I go, then have a donut. Yeah. But what about the poison? I go, you're all right. You're going to be OK. It's going to be all right. Can you move? Can you not stress yourself out? That's why, you know, as they say, grandma's cooking. There's nothing like grandma's cooking or mom's cooking the love that goes behind it or the enjoyment of just being present. Now I'm not saying go and eat a bunch of donuts, but guess what? If you do some days, you'll be all right. If you choose to, because I know people eat really healthy and they're like, this sucks and nothing's getting better. And now we sit there and we scratch our heads for a long time going, well, why isn't, why is this person not getting better? They're doing everything on paper. That's right. It's going, yeah, because it doesn't matter. Like that is an energetic exchange of whatever it is they're doing. If they're fucking miserable doing that. That's the energy they're putting into the experience. And guess what? When we talk about physical trauma, mental, emotional trauma, every time they see that piece of chicken, they're going, ah, and 
They start to tighten up again, or they start to stress out. They clench the jaw. They start to create all this um, sympathetic response, that fight or flight response, whatever we want to call it, where now the body's going, we're in, we have to protect ourselves. This is, this is a survival situation. It's going, no, I'm doing this because I need to be healthy. I'm not saying don't eat those things, not saying you can't do those, but it's like, what's the relationship to that? So give yourself a little bit of poison. What is your experience as Al said? Yeah, man, this is enjoyable. I'm going to be okay. Now, I personally don't smoke cigarettes. I personally, you know, I'll drink every once in a while. But guess what? I'm not trying to go crazy. I just, I'm like, I enjoy this. It's an experience that I'm enjoying. I enjoy eating junk food. I'm not going to pretend, but it's going what was the experience when I was eating it? If I was eating it going, I'm, I'm stressing. I don't want to deal with that. Then I have to be honest with myself and go, this is not going to, this isn't going to work. You have to be with that. Be with the stress. Don't just eat your stress or, you know, and this is where you have a lot of this honesty with ourselves has to be in place. So I know it was a long winded Al, but I'm totally with you, man. That theory. I like it. I want to tack onto it. Then, you know, it wouldn't be my, wouldn't be my advice to go out of your way to get the poison in, but there's some elements to life where it's like, okay, this is what's happening today. This is my option. Or like, especially when it comes to being sociable. Right. And when I was a vegan, I had no ability to have a social life. Right. <laughs> no offense to vegans. It's fine. Do what you want to do. But the point about the purity spiral where it's an issue like that maybe this will be the metric that helps people to see it is how it's the cousin to like victim consciousness that if you have this deeply held belief that if I have this one thing, it's going to mess me up. Or if you, another thing is about resilience, you know, here's a perfect example in my life. I, had a huge problem with allergies to everything in, in nature, all the plants and animals. <laughs> you know, I just congested if everything was not working. When I stopped eating dairy in my stint as a vegan, the allergies went away. So I began to associate dairy with allergies. Like the dairy was the cause, it's the culprit. Dairy's the boogeyman. If I have dairy, I'm going to spiral. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually like that worked for me. It worked for me to remove dairy. I had a better life. So that's fine. But then there was another level beyond and that level beyond was learning about my biofield, working with sound, getting my life in order so that I'm not doing stuff I don't want to do. And what I found was that at least for me, that the allergy problem had a lot to do with, suppressed irritation in my life that once I removed these sources of irritation that I, and, and certain people, my, my ex-wife where I was allowing myself to feel victimized by her. And I was holding on to the story of like, she's the bad guy. I'm the poor, poor, good boy. That's just constantly getting beat up on by the bad guy, the, the bad, bad lady. And that wasn't true. Our lives just weren't meant to be, you know, aligned that way anymore. Mm -hmm. She wasn't the bad guy, but I was making her the bad guy in my mind. And so while this external bad guy's there, dairy is the bad guy. <laughs> and interestingly, I was on the vegan diet because of being married to her. But long story short, I got myself out of suppressing irritation. And now dairy is not the boogeyman for me. And so the thing about 
if everything's not pure and perfect, then I'm going, I'm not okay. Just be careful with that because it's very close to being like in a victim mentality, even if you don't feel like it is. I'm not saying don't have pure intentions to remain pure in what you take in. That's good. Do that. But it's about, it's about like, am I doing that because it makes me feel good? And I also trust and trust myself and love myself and know that I'll feel good no matter what. And even if there's some glitch in my process, I'll be fine. And I'll just get back on what I I know I like later. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't associate with you because you're serving this food or I can't come because I can't eat that, whatever that might be. Just be aware. Like is the purity thing about something being the bad guy or the boogeyman to you? Or is it about I'm choosing this purity level because how it makes me feel. And I know I feel good. So it's always about like, Mm -hmm. is your intention about avoiding the evil or pointing out the evil? Or is it about enhancing the good and bringing in the good? Dude, I'm having such a cool epiphany with this conversation. I'm so glad this this question's going around. Uh, The word gift in German means poison. And I'm looking at that and I'm sitting with it. And I've been sitting with it for a long time coming at it for like from English going into the German. But I'm like, hold on now. I think there's a, I think there's something here. I think there's something here. And, and I think we can use the, what I'm going to, what I'm going to articulate from the English into the German lens. There's a gift here. (laughs) And the gift is that when you see something that's poison or toxic or bad, or that is, that is a, that's a negative or a, a, a pariah, People see a gift. When people see something that's horrible, they see, oh, Hawaii, oh, it's wrapped up in a pretty bow. It's got my name on it. Even it's my favorite color. I love Hawaii. You know what I mean? I'm taking Hawaii personal because it's my birthday this month. What the fuck? What the fuck? Who am I to think that Hawaii has dick to do with me? You know what I mean? But, but to, in a certain way, I do take it and wrap it up for myself and be like, yeah, well, it, that makes sense. Cause I fell down the damn stairs this morning. So of course, Hawaii's on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it becomes like a weird Zodiac thing where we take something that we don't associate with and we use it. It becomes a gift to ourselves to be like, that's not me. Or that, or that is me, or that has anything to do with me. Well, I want to add to that um, because, and then I actually, unfortunately, have to go. um, So it's just uh, they got my little guy and uh, family stuff. But oh, dude, this has been great, awesome. Well, I (laughs) do. I'm so happy you guys, you know, asked me to be on, and I always love chatting with you guys and just these experiences. It's just I, I learned so much just taking it all in. But to what you're saying about gift and poison too, like you know, I look at you know, we're here, we're out and about, you look at something that is considered poisonous or something that catches your eye and it's going, that is poisonous. And it's then going, when you can recognize a poison or you can recognize it for what it is and be like, Ooh, it's the gift of life. It's the giving you the ability to be present with that experience of going, that could have been very dangerous. This is just my point of view. It's like, that could have been very dangerous, but I was present enough to be with that, that poison, or just know like, Hey, I see it. I I'm with it. You're present because imagine if you're like, oh, I'm not paying attention. And I like, you know, I get this poison. It's like you're not you're not present. But that's why a present is a gift. What is it when you give someone a gift? You give them a present. So the present moment is being the gift of now. 
So when you're giving somebody a poison, it like, and this is just how I'm thinking about it. It's just going, what do you have? You see something, you're going, I get to be my intuition. Something tells me something's not right with this. If I'm present and it's teaching one to go every time there's a threat or something in front of you, if you allow yourself to be with the now, you're going to be better at being intuitive and knowing something doesn't feel right about that. I'm listening to my intuition. I'm able to be with that and connect with that. And that is a gift of going, this is protecting me. My body is protecting me. It is giving me the signs, the signals, the communication to be present and accept this gift of the now. You know what I mean? So I just, there's something there. And I love that you brought that up. That's uh, just, it's so fascinating to me, but um, yeah, man, I, I do have to run, but I, I can't thank you guys enough for letting me always join you uh, even just last minute like this. So that's so much fun. Oh, you did me a favor by coming on last minute and just ladling the piping hot gnosis gravy. Thank you, dude. Dude, um, I don't think this is the end of times that we should talk to you, but everyone needs to check out the patlife.org podcasts, physical movement training. And this guy, I mean, we haven't even brought it up, but this guy's also got an entire other side of creativity is writing scripts and stories. Awesome stuff. I'd love to yeah. get into that with you too sometime. I mean, creativity is like one of the main yeah. intentions behind this show is to encourage people to open up that imagination portal. It's a huge com component of your health. <laughs> it's oh, a dude. massive component. You will, yeah. It's hard to feel fulfilled in any way or happy in any way if you're not in some way exercising the create part of yourself. So Pat, Absolutely. you go on if you want to make sure there's anything else to plug, uh, please do, but we'll let you go. I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you guys. Yeah. Just the new bio or new, it's just newbiologyclinic.com. Definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, if you guys are trying to be out of, you know, full allopathic and you want to just have a different approach, looking at the body a little differently, um, definitely go check that out. And uh, other than that, yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks Gabe. Thanks Chance. Thanks Al. I'll see you guys. Peace. Good to see you, Pat. Much love, brother. Yep. Bye, guys. Oh, let me turn this off here. And All right, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Al, this yep. is perfect because it gives us time to talk about your new venture. Okay. Is, awesome. It is actually related in a way because this is about sports. Yeah. Unless you guys have commentary about what we've been talking about with Pat, we can we can go there. But I definitely wanted to talk about your new uh, your new venture because that's exciting. Yeah. It is pretty exciting. So Mr. Robert Phoenix and I have started a sports astrology podcast and we, yeah, the connection between sports and astrology. And I'm intro to astrology. I only got into astrology about last year at a very casual level, but this weekend I'm going to be binging astrology knowledge. Well, um, and Robert Phoenix is a, a legend in the field. So, yeah. And you probably know a lot about sports if I, if I had to guess. He knows more than I do in terms of being a straight up encyclopedia since like the seventies, this guy, uh, he knows so many players birth charts. And the cool thing about sports as a means to learn astrology is that some of these guys, some of these athletes are straight up caricatures of their signs. They're almost like exaggerated, like somebody like Deion Sanders, who's a Leo. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you know, the word sport in reverse tropes. Tropes. What does it's that mean? In, uh, tropes are like um, contrivances or like played out. Oh, okay. Tropes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I know. Leon. Okay, Leon. Wow. <laughs> He's yeah. a trope. That's wow. A, wow. 
So I thought of a really funny analogy today. It's kind of like if you're a chick who knows astrology and you want to learn sports, but if you're a dude who knows sports and wants to know astrology, this is that perfect intersection. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a niche where it's like sports and astrology. And it's like, you know, he's, he's deep into the gravy as well. He's a guy who gets it. And uh, I feel like I do as well. So, and we don't agree on everything since we're both Virgos, right? We, uh, we tend to disagree. Like we had a disagreement on the first show about NIL, which is basically college players getting, getting paid against it. I'm in favor of it. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about how um, the NFL champions since like the seventies are almost one-to-one correlated with the geopolitical atmosphere. And, you know, you can understand why that might be in terms of manipulating the public consciousness and things like that. But, um, but I just, Oh, I got to say this, please yeah. give this to, give this to, uh, to Robert for me. Yeah. If it, I mean, also just keep it in your pocket for the rest of your life. Dude, okay. it just came to me last week. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. How long has that been the sequence? How long has that been the countdown? Five, four, three, two, one, zero, liftoff. Five, four, three. Yeah. We all know it. We did it when we were kids racing. Yeah. All right, you switch one fucking letter. The V in the word five is 22 is V. You switch it to the T, Tav, because that's what it was in Hebrew, 22. The whole phrase becomes fight for threat to one's hero. Whoa. Do you hear me, buddy? Yeah, I do. This is the fucking matrix code that is embedded in all of us. And again, I say it so often. Freedom of association is your magic ability. It always has been. It's in the First Amendment. Freedom of association. And this is why they dress us up in, uh, in fashion before the battle. That's why they put on the mask. That's why they put on the red hat. That's why in football, you just look at the color. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just look at the color. You you just don't do any of that next level of thinking. So I just wanted to put the, all that forward. Tropes, troops, sports, five, four threat to one's hero. You know, quarterback sack, sacrifice. Dude, we are so programmed. It's atrocious. Yeah. It, it's atrocious. And it's... Uh, and I, uh, and also I have a, I got a big chip on my shoulder with the CTI, man, the, the cerebral brain injury shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's a, a really good line from one of the novels in the Witcher book series. The reason I like those books is because there's some one liners in there philosophically that are just gold. Like that is a great observation. You were talking about correspondences and there's a, a bard a character in there that in the Witcher books that says associations are the image of the soul. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a poet. That's (laughs) awesome. She says after that, but it is, I mean, that's why they give you that psychological test of holding up a splotch. What does this look like? Or telling you a word and having you name the first word that comes to mind after that word, because associations are the image of the soul. I find that in, the biofield all the time. Like uh, <laughs> someone that I, the person I brought up earlier in the show having to do with like serious resentment around criticism or scrutiny. Well, cause she's created an association of getting hit in the head by a rock and getting a traumatic brain injury with 
being criticized and scrutinized, you know, and there was more to it than that. But like, that's a very simple example. Poetically speaking, associations are our ability to not to communicate back to the archetypes rather than just being this is why what you do, Gabriel, the slick dissident shared learning experience is so powerful and zeitgeist shifting. Even if only so many eyeballs are on it, it's all, all beings are connected to the archetypes. And y- most people's connection to the archetypes is feeling ruled by them, feeling influenced or bullied by them, or at the very least just at the mercy of their whims and flows. But what you do in your channel is you... <laughs> put their course, you figure out what their correspondences are, but then you decide, but I think this is actually a better fit. (laughs) And you're trying to bring harmony to a very jumbled up system of symbolism that the ancient mystery schools have handed down to us. And many people for, for generations and generations have muddled and poisoned with their own intentions with what they will and won't reveal about the system, the occult is psychology. It's universe psychology, not just an individual person. So be, be mindful of our associations, be more poetic in our ways of speaking. Be very clear that whenever you say a, a metaphor or a simile, it is not just flowery, flowery speech. You are telling the archetype what you want it to be. And it's going to reflect back to you the next time, you know, if you tell it enough times or if you tell it with enough passion, the next time you run into that archetype, you're going to experience what we call synchronicity because it's going to be wearing the color that you put it in. That is real shit. <laughs> that associations are so important. <laughs> That's my rant for the night. <laughs> yeah. That's powerful, man. The, um, Yeah. But what was the key phrase that you said? Associations are in a reflection the image of, your inner world. of the soul. That's huge. That's a substantial statement. It is. It's a great one line from that book. I don't remember which book it was. One of the Witcher books. Yeah. But anyway, back to serious sports, yeah. like the star serious. That's what's on there. You guys have done. Have you done one yet? Yeah, we did. We have one episode in the books. Uh, so we did that Monday night. So it's going to be every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 8 p.m. Central uh, Time. But didn't you just have that Kobe expert on, I think, like two two episodes ago? Michael Wan? An expert on Yeah, yeah, that guy. I wouldn't call him a Kobe expert, Kobe Bryant okay. expert per se, but he yeah. was one of the first people that really pulled apart, pulled apart all the threads in the Kobe ritual death. Mm-hmm. And he did it on the higher side chats is where he debuted it, so it really got around. And right. man, yeah, that's a quite, quite yeah. an episode, I think, from early 2020. The question I have about the Kobe thing is how far back in time was it planned? You know what I mean? Because I think maybe a decade with all the threads that are involved with that one. But uh, yeah, that was that was a big one. That, that was, was a big deal. Such a big one. Like, yeah. You know what? Because you guys are around the same age as me, right? I'm yeah. 32. It immediately reminded me of Princess Diana in 1998. Dave is our senior. <laughs> he, yep. he feels young, but he's older than us. Yeah. Okay. But that's good. But that's good for uh, that you reflect that because I, yeah. I didn't catch that. But as soon as you say it, it yeah. resonates for me. You know, it has the exact same resonance. So that's a great point. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the sports thing is, uh, it's so, it's so huge in our culture, man. It's probably one of the bigger things in our culture, but you see with it sort of, um, with sports fans, tribalism is their tribalistic nature. Their tribalistic instinct is transmuted into, uh, these tribal affairs of, you know, versus different regions, all that positive energy, which are natural, good human instincts are sort of transmuted into that of the sports fan. And um, I love sports. I love playing sports. I think it's so we were talking about health all episode. I think it's so important for us to, uh, you know, compete athletically against each other as men is also cooperate. Um, But yeah, I'm like a sports guy and I I pay attention to the narrative. That's what I love. Um, And paying attention to some of these guys plights and stuff like that. But I'm not like I'm not a sports fan. Like I'm not into sports fan culture at all. It's pretty tough. But I think that sports for me has been like a hieroglyphic in terms of just communicating with everybody and being able to relate to everyday people. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's definitely the lowest common denominator aspect to sports pop culture Mm -hmm. and the narratives part of it. I mean, (laughs) there's nothing in the world that has more appeal to a large amount of people to the degree that it allows or it, that they are able to sit through commercials. Oh my God. That many commercials, like really most other forms of sit down and watch entertainment commercials can be pretty much avoided. There's a way to avoid them. And we mostly can, and we do, but sports, man, the narrative pushing is just Super Bowl commercials. It's all about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so what i do is i like to like use the internet and i can catch a game in like literally five minutes with youtube but i have had those experiences where i'm subject to television commercials during a football game it's a fucking assault it's a straight up psychological assault and i have no tolerance for it i used to have tolerance for it growing up but I, now i just have none so i like to intake a lot of uh what's going on just with the computer very quickly and you can get a whole game in five minutes, which uh, I find beneficial in terms of, you know, the water cooler talk as, as you might say, but in terms of uh, the actual ritual that takes place every Sunday, pretty tough. Those commercials are an assault. Big time, man. And they are coming through the opening of heightened emotions and care. Care is the most powerful thing you can ever work with. It's everything. So I wanted to real quick say I appreciate the super chats on Rockfin from Jason, Charlie, Bubs Bear, Braden. Thank you guys. That's really, really kind. And also Rachel sent us a nice super chat and Kazi earlier on the YouTube side. Y'all are very kind. Appreciate that. <laughs> Dylan says don't degenerate into the uh, Hubbard territory. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that covered that's hilarious. That, uh, tells dude. people what does bet so who to bet on with Gematria. Yeah, like Zach I I went through a Zach Hubbard phase where I was frequenting. I feel bad talking trash out. about somebody else who's another YouTuber yeah. on YouTube, but like he talks trash about people all the time. So I guess it's all good. Dude, he lost all credibility with me when he had like two Gematria theories about people I know personally. And I was just like, yo. Get the fuck out of here. He's like, they're part of the cabal. Look no. at his birthday. Look, no. at how his, look at how it all adds up. And I was just like, yo, I know that guy. <laughs> no, you're full of shit. Like, get out of here. Or you're just like a, a schizo. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I like Jamatra Nader. Jamatra Nader. Derek Takuri. 
He is a tasteful schizo. Okay. He would laugh at me saying that, but like he just says, I'm finding connections and solving riddles. I'm not telling you what it means or if it means anything. It's just these connections are there. That I can I can dig that because everything's everything. The connections will be there. Yeah, I like their style. Someone I know lived with someone who lost his savings and blew his head off. Wow. Because of using Gematria sports betting. Yeah. Whoa. Sports betting is gonna be so dude, it's only gonna get bigger. It really is only gonna get bigger. It just got legal in Massachusetts. Now with uh you know smartphones, 5G, laser fast internet, and crypto, people are gonna be betting in-game micro bets. We're not talking mm-hmm. about who wins and loses the point spread. We're gonna talk is it a pass? Is it a run? This technology's been around for a while, but now with crypto, laser fast transactions in 5G, wow. guys are gonna be betting like this. Are you it's gonna serious? It's going to get dicey for the general public, and it's all legal now. I don't. Well, where I live in Massachusetts, it's just straight up legal now. Uh, sports betting, and you know, even bef- even even when it wasn't legal, it was pervasive. Right. Uh, so I've, I've seen I've seen the betting spirit mm-hmm. uh, seated in our cinema for three decades now. It, uh, Twenty years ago, minimum, I was like. Why is that? Why is everything some sort of uh, contingent contractual agreement? Why are they really accentuating the fairy realm and how the fairy realm is contractual? And it's all about this, the points of exchange, uh, the laws of equal equivalent exchange are being accentuated in cinema somehow. And that's yeah. like, and what it does is it, it uh, reinforces fairness or uh, and that you're going to get your comeuppance if you do go to the to the bookie, you know what I mean? Right. And then there's that other aspect of like, um, I think the bookie is Pausanias. I think it's the high priestess with her Torah scroll. I think, Whoa. I think the bookie uh, has a, uh, yeah, all of that has a, has a real strong fit. Uh, that's powerful that you say it's only going to get more so though. That you see that being the 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 move, the wave going forward. That's really powerful. Yeah. Because it's going to become widely available because now you don't have to call a shady bookie. Now you have an iPhone and your bank account or maybe a crypto account. And that's all that's needed. So you're going to be firing off bets. A lot, well, not us, but like a lot of people are going to get pretty into that. Because like here's a crazy thing. If you win it makes sense in the deindustrialization of society. Mm-hmm. and the workforce more and more automated future, you still got to find ways to occupy people's time and attention to keep the currency velocity going that is the actual, like the pranic flow of the commercial yeah. realm, yeah. the corpus of this giant beast of, uh, you know, yeah. artificial you, life. So for I just want to say that some people call uh, coins or pentacles in the in the um, tarot they call it s- suns. So I just think it's interesting that Sunday is also kind of coin day, you know. And you said that every second they're going to be like beep 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 beep. So it becomes like a video game where there's like you know uh, uh, a hide a jewel or whatever those games are that kids are playing nowadays. Yeah. Um, but then. Uh, Zach, that name, Zachary, is an interesting name. It's um, Zachariah in the Bible has a curse put on his voice. 
because he doubts John the Baptist, his son, is going to be special. So he gets a hex and he can't speak until his son is born. And I just think that that is just kind of interesting that Zach has this uh, kind of the opposite. It's like he's got too much to say. Um, it's so much that he gets himself in trouble. <laughs> I wonder what sign he corresponds to of the, as they call it, the 12 minor prophets of the Hebrew Bible. I've never tried to like line that up to the Zodiac, but I'm sure it lines up. I see him Scorpio-esque. It, no offense. Are you a Scorpio chance? No, to any Scorpios out there. No, no, no. What are you guys? I don't know. Leo. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I should have. Aries. Okay. Wow. Okay. What are you? Okay. Oh, cool. All right. Handing it off. Yeah. So So, um, I'm sorry. Just real quick. I have an analogy with the, the sports betting thing. It's like, let's say you win on like a somewhat regular basis. You're essentially being paid right to watch these games or obsess over it let's say you win 51 percent of the time or whatever the case may be you're being paid for your attention to sit there on the couch and obsess over the statistics and whatever the case may be and all that's going to do is reinforce people's belief in statistics you know what i mean like right uh, i'm i'm really coming at scientific optimism with a real critical eye and and i'm being a little reckless i'm sure but people's um, when they hear these, okay, like the, you can make any lie fly if you just repeat it enough. And so when people get into the statistics of betting that is makes their bread get on their table and they start to talk all these statistical terms and then they hear those statistical terms echoed in something in the propaganda, then they're like, oh, it must be real because it puts bread on my table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's going to be like this huge like statistical culture that comes out of the betting thing that i'm I'm sorry i'm just imagining where this goes (laughs) i was kidding scorpios when i say god no i know you felt that i'm sorry i don't want to make anyone feel bad i know you guys have strong feelings actually being a water sign i love you too but i'm you know i've had We've had problems before, so I like to joke about it. It helps me release tension. <laughs> I think I think my placenta is a Scorpio. How's that work? It's born in the same moment as you. No, that's when I was. That's when I was fertilized. Is in Scorpio. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. It's my nine. It's my nine month right. shadow. Is your Leo. That sounds appropriate. Well, why you got us here, Al Doggy? Is there anything yep. you want to tell us or ask us, man? Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, you know, I always enjoy what Slick comes up with. I think you are the DJ of the gravy, essentially. And I would say that I reached I reached a threshold with Interverse, right? I reached a point where I like I've watched so many hours, right? And this was last summer. I was like, yo, I've I've watched so many hours of Interverse. I need to support somehow. So what I did last summer is I I signed up for Rockfin. Then I was like, yo, is this directly going to the fellas? I'm not so sure. And then I unsubscribed from Rockfin. But then recently, about, I think, a month. Maybe for the record, the Rockfin basically does go full. Like, I, almost the whole subscription comes to me. It's just in the okay. form of a crypto coin. But then okay. I can just turn that into money. So Okay, that's awesome. It's actually really good. It's been way... Rockfin's been the best income for me as a podcaster that I've ever been able to have set up. They're a okay. huge help. I love, I love Rockfin. They're great. I think they're good people. 
even replatforming Owen after yeah, that's huge. the misunderstanding. Like no one replatforms. They're I think they're good people. Yeah, that's all that's awesome. But the reason why I brought that up because I think it was a, maybe two months ago, I was like, you know what? I, I gotta support because I watched so many hours. I reached that point. I was like, yo, what the fuck? I need to do something. So I signed up for the Interverse Patreon, the only Patreon I'm currently signed up for. So I would encourage people if you have an experience similar to mine where it's like, yo, I've watched so many hours of this. I need to freaking do something. Then do what I did and just support on Patreon because it it alleviates me of guilt um, for all the hours of content that I've watched with all these various different guests, all of the so many different blends and soda cans of gravy that I've been drinking. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's a really so, powerful, I don't know, witness. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Uh, we're happy for people to watch free, but it is, you know, you get something for the subscription. The second hours of the Interverse episodes are always lit. I ought to think of, well, there are things in the works about more premium content that will get there. But I want to kick this back over at Gabriel and just, there are lots of people out there that would love to send you money. <laughs> So you need to get like a cash app tag or a PayPal address or start throwing that out there because, you know, you do great stuff for us and you just do it for the love. But yeah. we love you. I, yeah. Instead of OnlyFans, get up and take my money. Yeah. Instead of OnlyFans, you should have like schizo fans where people pay you and then you get to schizo on them for fucking like for, for a fee. I would, I would sign up for it personally. I would pay for schizo fans you know what i mean i love it i love it you guys are so kind yes uh, i think it's in the making it's totally coming I'll, I'll have it all fired up real soon uh yeah beautiful thank you man oh That's yeah awesome of you. oh, <laughs> oh you man know what? people I... think that you get a cut from my super chats <laughs> i don't give them anything <laughs> i'm here for the love man you know what uh, you know what though if you let me know that you want some of it to go to gabriel i would you know, I'd make it happen. <laughs> he gets a PayPal or a cash app. <laughs> well, one of these days I'll get I that. actually feel guilt about that because you do so much for my channel. And, it's all good. Uh, but, you know, Ooh. I'm also the one captain of the ship. I built it. I built the house, all of that. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm paying, you're paying for the, the, the house. You're paying for rent whenever you super chat beer. <laughs> <laughs> but we do want to support you, Gabriel. You're the man. Yeah, Substack, nice. I think, would be good for you, honestly. I think so, too. So, uh, Al, I can't wait for you to have Topher on there with uh, with Robert. It's going to happen. Know, yeah, that's going to be a big one. Like, let me know in advance because I want to be there live chatting it Let's up go. with you guys. That'll be a fun one. Sounds good. Yeah, man. That's a great natural conclusion point. And we're two hours. That's, uh, you know, it's rare that we can actually hit that target, but I'm good with it. This has been fun. And it uh, sounds like I need to split some of Rachel's super chats with you, Gabe. I will do that. <laughs> Let's talk about it. All right, guys, it's been fun. Super fun night. Patlife.org. Make sure you're on it. Al Dog's got serious sports on YouTube with Robert Phoenix. That's totally crushing. Um, we'll have to talk to you again at some point and revisit the, the Charter, Absolutely, your first man. novel. Can't wait. Because after we had, do you want to talk about that? I, I read the rest of the book. It's legit hilarious. And there's going to be a new edition with some yes. corrections and improvements. Yes. Uh, it's it's super be funny. Flawless. Flawless reader experience. I can't wait. 
All right. Well, well, make sure just so that anyone that didn't catch that episode before we go, what is your book about? If they are interested, where can they find it? Give okay. give us the uh, <laughs> give us the rundown on that. The run. So the down. charter, a millennial <laughs> journey out of hip hop hypnosis, is about a group of hip hop fans growing up. It's a fictional book, and their lives take different turns depending on the music that influences them. There's also uh, some rappers who are trying to kill one another mixed in with evil record executives and two cops who, who are trying to figure out the whole thing. So it's all these intertwining plots and um, it's an incredible book. I actually did make one. I think I made like between 10 and 20 total errors. And what happened was chance pointed it out, which showed a lot of integrity. I made the an- analogy. Like if you have something stuck in your teeth and people don't say anything, they're not your friend. But if somebody says something, thank you. Or your you know, ed- I really appreciate like your, your paid so, editor. <laughs> yeah. So Chance read the book and he noticed that a few times that with this one character, Kobe Bryans is his name. It's like the one character most based on me. I accidentally used first person a few times instead of third person. So I just went crazy just making all these corrections. So the corrected version, the flawless reader experience version will be available August 21st. But if you want uh, the flawed copy, which a lot of people love, uh, they, they don't mind at all. Nobody really noticed it except for chance, luckily. There's five copies left on Amazon uh, because after that, all the flawless, awesome copies are going to be happening. And I, you know, chance told me about how he laughed out loud involuntarily, I think five to 10 times while reading the book. So he's probably, yeah, I'm ch- like chance. How many oh, times I laughed out loud a bunch of times. Yeah. So like it's and like, I learned stuff about hip hop culture that I yeah. did not know because I've seen there are people close to me in my life, friends and family, that listen to the rap, rape music, and um, the high, a high percentage, a majority percentage of them are criminals or in jail or been in jail, you know, and their yeah. life's not going well. There's a lot of drug use. There's a it's real. Like this was a weapon in of mass destruction, Yeah. but you do a good job diffusing that bomb, that dirty poopy bomb crap <laughs> rap <laughs> with humor. And I laughed a lot. It's a very funny book, but yeah, what blew my mind was some of the things that you wove into the story that I went and looked up like, Oh, that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fictionalized account of real events. Pretty crazy stuff. So we'll we'll talk to you about that again sometime down the road. Keep writing. Can't wait for your next book. Definitely worth getting the, you know, the the flawed quote unquote edition of the charter for posterity, posterior <laughs> poop <laughs> jokes. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen so many well crafted poop jokes. It's uh, well, that's probably not yeah. a selling point for people, but it's all thematically accurate to the nature of of uh rap music <laughs> pretty much yeah dylan legend i threw away all my rap albums when i was 15 or 16 recognized it recognized its negative impact this dude he Very snapped cool. out of hip-hop hypnosis it's a real thing mm-hmm. okay well we'll take off uh slick dissident on youtube make sure you're checking him out other ways to support the show besides just sending me tips great ways to support the show you can get yourself an AquaCure hydrogen device. Haven't brought that up for a while, but it's been really helpful for me. There's links to this in my show notes. Interverse coupon code will get you a discount and I get a nice commission as well. But um, 
you know, that's a higher dollar item, but it's a lifetime of use. I tell you, it's a huge, this is important to bring up because we're talking about, about athleticism. That's been a major secret weapon for me to, for workout recovery, lifting heavy, pushing past limits for most people that in, it brings up in their imagination, the idea of like, I'm going to be really sore for the next day or two. And uh, no, <laughs> with the aqua cure, that's not the case for me. I bounced back right away. Like I, I, I rode my bike today, even after I did a big workout, you know, earlier in the day, I just wanted to go ride the bike and there was nothing holding me back. There's no pain, no stiffness. It is not only because of the aqua cure, but that's really helpful. That's one thing. Also got to shout out typical new herbs. That's linked in the show notes. Our boy Kyle and his family and employees making <laughs> incredible products. Get yourself hydrosols, tinctures, oils, all the good, good. Gabe's got the Apollo's Radiance anointing oil right there. You know you want it. It's very, very good stuff. Uh, also, Interverse for the coupon code on that. And last but not least, the Spirit World audiobooks. Super worth your investment. It's not... Man, there's nothing better of an investment than knowledge. Dylan Sicoccio wrote some incredible work, some of the best research on language and cultural diffusion and concealed history and legal sorcery and all the things that we like to talk about here. Dylan put in all this work so that you could be accelerated through the path of understanding what you're looking at whenever you study the occult. Really good stuff. Check that out. Audiobooks narrated by me. Other than that, that's it. Okay, that's all my <laughs> that's all my uh, plugs and such. But it, we'll see you guys on Sunday. We got good things coming. Good things coming. Thanks for being here, Chad. Peace. <laughs>